Welcome to Average Joe's Podcast number 33. I'm Sam Hiller, um, and I'm joined by Sean Smith of Tyler's University. His team went 2-1 and one over the weekend. They beat Maryland and VCU, is that correct? Yes, sir. Nice. And uh, unfortunately, they lost to James Madison. He also was able to go to the um, Kent State round robin to witness the Summit Street Slugfest, uh, which featured Kent State, Michigan State, Kentucky, Saginaw Valley, and Central Michigan. Uh, we'll start with that tournament because yeah. it was the first tournament. What did you see at the tournament that kind of, you know, maybe surprised you or didn't surprise you? What was your overlying thought coming out of that weekend? Well, first off, what surprised everyone else was the fact that I just randomly show up places. Um, so everyone in the league kind of got used to that idea happening. Um, but uh, what really surprised me was the way that Michigan State played. Um, when I found out that Kentucky was down, I think, eight of their starters, and I think um, Zach told me that one of their guys even like had a broken collarbone or just had surgery or something, I kind of wasn't really expecting much from them from the weekend because he told me that you know they had a B squad coming in. Um, so I kind of let them go. But the way that Michigan State came out, I definitely thought they were going to look a little bit better this year, or at least to start off the year than that. Um, what didn't surprise me uh, was the way that Kent played because – some people have been overrating them. Some people have been underrating them. Uh, I didn't think they'd go four. No, I thought they'd lose to someone along the way, but they definitely look like the real deal right now. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you, basically on what you just said. Um, the things just, I obviously was not there, but from what I've heard from people and what I've seen from the YouTube videos that Kent State's put up, it's kind of like Kent State didn't shock me this weekend. Um, I mean, I did have them going one and three, but once I found out the rosters that were that people were bringing, uh, like the fact Michigan State didn't bring their best players, we'll get to that in a second, and Kentucky especially, um, they went four and zero. Oh, didn't really surprise me. We know I know that they're. Uh, I think everybody in the league knows they're a top four or five team at least, and for them to you know win the turn, it wasn't like anything surprising. Um, the one things that really surprised me were uh, Saginaw Valley was a lot better than what I thought they would be, just from what they I heard they would lose. Um, I guess their uh, um, the rookies played very well, and that they didn't really play like rookies. They played very strategically and stuff, which is a good sign for Max Siler of the um, the captain Saginaw. And Central having their full twenty players and them winning a couple games is a good sign for them moving forward. Yeah, and surprise of the league, Spencer's back. Great. <laughs> yeah, well, but, yeah. Now, um, in terms of Kent, though, it's really hard um, to lose when you don't start a single rookie and your team practically lives with each other. So uh, they just they had, like, no bumps in the road in terms of chemistry. Um, I don't want to forget about Central, though. I'm going to throw this out because I gave them no love to start, and Wes got mad at me because, admittedly, I didn't check with him to see if they were going to be bringing a full roster that weekend. So I definitely should have done that, and if I had my predictions, definitely would have changed. So, Wes, Central, guys, I'm sorry. I still love you. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kent State, we'll start with them because they won the tournament. Uh, they brought back... I think almost everybody, the people that they didn't bring back, they replaced with like people like Kyle Fitzpatrick, who had played in the bat, pass in his back. Um, 
I think they have the real deal. And from what people can tell me, they've been playing with more strategy thanks to having their Tuesday night uh, closed practices on an actual court. Um, what do you? How do you feel about that? What do you think about that? Um, I, it definitely showed to help them out. Um, you know, one thing I just like I said earlier, they have a really good team chemistry. Um, one thing like I noticed they can do uh, that. You know, at least I've seen my team can't do just yet, uh, especially since we have ten new guys. Uh, you know, at one point I'm refing their game against I think Saginaw, and Cam Fulmer walks up behind Billy Cameron, and he doesn't even have to look at him, and all he says is like, you know, you got me. And then Billy, without even turning around, knows where Cam is, knows that he's got to cover him, and just goes, I got you. And you know, like when you have that level of chemistry, like they just they came out and were destroying people. It also helps when they make really awesome team catches when Dan Shackelford gets domed while diving to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was the thing that I always thought was with Kent was that their uh, um, their strategy wasn't as good. Uh, they always had the arms to, you know, match up with the top teams, but their strategy, they would always... Not that they didn't know what they are doing, they would, it would just fall apart whenever <laughs> I see them play top teams, but for what everybody's been talking about, like the summer, them getting all this cohesion down, they sound a lot like the Saginaw Valley when they won the championship where everybody was just one unit. I think their model there was even as one or something like that. I might be getting that wrong, but they played as like one team. It wasn't, oh, I'm going to try to get the most kills on the team. It was, okay, who cares about personal stuff? Let's get a championship. So I think yeah, that'd be I mean, even with Fitzpatrick coming back, being an ex-captain, um, you know, it, you would think someone who's used to being in front of everything would kind of like take charge, and honestly, he really didn't do that much because he really didn't need to. And I think it was uh, Jason Hallman who was there who mentioned something to him, or one of their ex-players. And he was looking and goes, you know, letting the new guys have their fun and doing what they do. It's not my place to take over games anymore, and he didn't have to. Yeah. Which is different than when he was, you know, his first couple years when he was basically there main offensive weapon by far, and now it's he's a complement piece to the to the other guns that they've got there, so that's good for them. Yeah. Um, Dan Shackelford has also really changed up his game, because um, I know the few years I saw him before, he was definitely throwing a lot more um, than he was doing anything else, and this past weekend I saw him more just focusing on making sure everyone around him was in the right spot, doing the right thing, and then you know he was make, he was making a good amount of catches, um, so he really changed up his game and was on fire for what he was doing that weekend. That's good. Um, Dan has always been a great player, and for him to take that kind of leadership role, uh, where he can kind of you know you look at Mark Trapetti, they both are power throwers that can catch a little bit, and uh, but they're also or not Mark anymore, but they've also had that leadership position where they need to maybe take a step back and kind of lead the team, tell them where to go while they're also trying to blow people up. So, Yeah, um, but no, they look really good. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on them, though, because they're going to get – this year they should get a lot of love. So um, I guess moving on to Saginaw. Sure. Um, yeah, they surprised me. They surprised me. I, I'm not even going to lie about that one. I – Kind of took Spencer's word from his interview with uh, Troy Dixon, saying that they would start off slow, and they came out guns blazing. So that I thought maybe this year, I also thought Spencer wasn't going to be there, um, that they might fall off a little bit, and 
No, no, they're I'm completely wrong already. They are coming out and they're back on top of things. They meant the Kent or maybe even JMU. I want to see the two of them play each other, and definitely not Grand Valley if Grand Valley is anything like they were last year. Um, but they're going to be top four, five, six um, easily. Yeah, I think um, previously we've had like you know. At first, it was top one team for a long time, and then we had like a top two and then a top three. I think we're now we're in that top. You know, any of these six or seven teams could go in and win a championship. Uh, so even if you say, "Hey, this is the," if I were to say, "Okay, I think Saginaw is the fifth best team in the country," that's not a knock on them. That's saying, "Hey, they've got a good chance to win." Just from what I've heard, they played amazing. And when you have people like Spencer coming back, Zach Fels, Max Cyrus, one of the best captains, the league best leaders. Uh, and I heard um, they're still missing some of their players, but Spencer told me. So they get some of those pieces back. They'll go a little bit of depth because you're never going to go to a tournament with your, with your best roster. It's just not going to happen. So if they have that depth to go along with good young players, you know, they didn't rebuild like we thought they were going to have to. They just added pieces. I'm not going to say they reloaded, but they just added the pieces that they needed from last year. They got better from last year. Yeah, they um, some of them weren't happy with some of my calls during the Kent game. I apologize for none of those calls um, because even Kent's a little bit mad at me for some of the calls I make. I did the best I could. But, no, they definitely, if Kent hadn't been the host, they would have been the class of the tournament. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll talk about them later maybe a little bit more. But uh, let's go on to Central. I think Central and 2-2 two and two over the weekend, right? Yes, sir. So they brought a full 20, which is a lot for them compared to last year, but not a lot for them compared to, you know, two years ago, they were the best team in the league, even though they didn't win the championship. The year before that, best team in the league, they did win the championship. Uh, Central, what do you think about them? Uh, what was your opinion of them before I go into it? Um, in terms of how they're going to play for the rest of the year, I kind of want to give them, like, a to-be-determined because they beat Michigan State without their best players and a lot of rookies on their team. Um, and based on what I've seen out of Mike in person, uh, yeah, I can tell he's going to be a great leader. It's just, uh, as he told me Saturday, you know, he's coaching them up on the fly. Uh, but we'll get more into that in a minute. But, you know, they beat them. Uh, that game was pretty close, but I guess with two Michigan schools, matches are always going to be close. Um, and then they beat Kentucky, who, as we stated earlier, had nowhere near their best roster with them. Um, I don't know if it's just because they had, like, an hour break and went to lunch and came back and were pretty sluggish, but when they came back and played, you know, two top five teams in Saginaw and Kent, you know, they didn't look the same at all. Um, and you could definitely tell that one of their biggest issues still is just, A, they have a lot of rookies, especially only having 10 people last year. You're going to have a lot of rookies no matter what. And B, catching is great. I think catching is better than throwing, but you still need to have throwers, which you, they, don't, they don't really have a whole lot of yet. You basically said what I was going to say, the whole, like, we learned that they will have a, a full 20 roster, or at least 15, hopefully, for every match. We learned that they're going to be good enough to compete still like they were last year, just with more people. But I'm going to say give them a little bit of time to get better. Uh, 
you look at our team last year that went to nationals. I'm not comparing, you know, my Michigan State team to Central and they're, you know, say Central's going to go to the national championship game. But when we got to that championship game, we didn't have anybody that could throw out anybody in Grand Valley, and we got slaughtered. And Central does need to develop another maybe one or two people that can maybe not get, you know, super power throws in there, but just, like, be able to get a good cross or be able to team throw effectively or whatever to win. Um, as much as I do love catching, I do think it's a very important facet of the game. I think throwing can if – you, if you had a team with 20 catchers, 20 throwers, I'd have 20 throwers. Uh, but I do think Central is on the rise. I would not be surprised if they made it to at least the – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the Final Four if they kept growing, just from what Wes has told me. But obviously that's going to be coming from Wes. So, you know, you could say, like, you know, somebody could say, you know, I don't know, if Spencer told me, oh, don't be surprised if we win the championship this year. Obviously what we know from Saginaw, yeah, but you have to take who says what with a grain of salt, so – yeah, um, it definitely seems though like as a team they uh, they might have a little bit better shot of getting better faster than other teams because from what I saw from them Friday night while I was there um, and a little bit of Saturday night though I don't remember most of Saturday night um, that like they definitely seem to enjoy hanging out with each other. Um, it was interesting to meet Nikki Bailey. Um, a.k.a. the team mom, a.k.a. Kevin Bailey's older sister, who is nothing like Kevin Bailey <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, but I digress. Um, they, they just they seem to already seem to enjoy hanging out with each other. Um, I think Mike Riley definitely... He, no, actually, now that I think about it, he surprised me because I saw him over the summer, and he was winging balls left and right. And for the first couple of games that I watched him, I couldn't really watch him the last two games because I was refing. But he either just didn't seem the same, or I don't know if he was hurt or whatever, but he wasn't throwing the same way he was over the summer. Uh, he made a few really nice snags uh, in terms of catching, but you know, I definitely thought he was going to show up and be a bigger gun for them this year. But maybe it was just you know, the first tournament of the year. He wasn't set in yet. I don't know what happened, but... You know, he's got to step his game up, but the team definitely seems to enjoy being with each other, hanging out, so they're definitely going to get the chemistry thing down really quickly. Yep. That's good. So do you want to move on or keep talking about Central? Up to you. Uh, let's go on to Kentucky. Okay. So Kentucky went 1-3. and three. Their lone win was a overtime victory over Michigan State. Uh, did you get a chance to see them play at all? Um, I caught a little bit of their games. Um, admittedly, because when I found out they had their B roster with them, I didn't watch as much. I watched them more play Central than I did any other team because yeah, I was either refing or paying attention to like the Kent State Saginaw Valley game. Um, so I watched them play a little bit. Um, again, to be determined. They're definitely going to be better than what they were. Um, you know, I guess it was a good, like a really good learning experience. Um, for their new guys and their B team guys, uh, unfortunately, they had one girl with them who it didn't matter where she was, whether she was in a game or just like sitting on the sideline if they weren't playing. I don't know why, but she just kept getting hit in the face. So, <laughs> if she ever listens to this or if anyone talks to her, tell her that. Oh my God, whoever keeps hitting her, I am sorry for them. <laughs> but um, now uh, the one bright point I'll say that they had was Zach Ross popping that ball on uh, the Michigan State kid in overtime, 
and I didn't hear it, but I definitely heard the crowd go nuts when it <laughs> happened. So I I lost it a little bit when I heard that happen because I've never seen a ball pop on someone's face. I popped one on someone's head, but not on their face. Yeah, I I think from this tournament, it's kind of like a you know nothing for for Kentucky. Like they went to that Maryland tournament last year, right? With mostly B team players, lost James Madison. And then that was their only regular season loss last year. So, you know. And it was a very controversial loss. Yeah, very controversial. And then the only other loss they had was to Grand Valley in the national semifinals. So, honestly, for Kentucky, it's just they proved that their B team is good enough to compete with some of the other teams in the league. I'm going to just say let's wait for them to play with their actual A team in a match before we can say anything about them. Yeah, random side note, apparently Wes Hopkins is in London right now, which I don't know why, I just thought was the funniest image ever. Because <laughs> imagine, like, big old like, down south Wes Hopkins in the middle of England. <laughs> I don't think they'll know what to do with him. Yeah. Um, but no, they're definitely getting a grade of incomplete for this past weekend. Yeah. And then we'll go to Michigan State, who went 0-4. Uh, what did you think about them? Um, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it, knowing that you're going to be biased no matter what. Um, you guys just couldn't finish points. Now, their first game against Central, there were a couple of games that it could have gone either way, but Central just had the ability to finish it out, and you know, Michigan State didn't. Um, it was evident that you guys definitely didn't have the level of catching that you did last year. In fact, it was questionable whether you guys had catching at all that weekend. Um, but, you know, like I said, I talked to Mike early, um, during the day, and he was just saying, you know, coaching them on the fly is one of the hardest things to do. Um, hopefully it's a good wake-up call for the new guys because uh, I'm sure, you know, a lot of new guys just need to realize this is the real deal, and, yes, we're hard, we go harder than the movie. Um but it's it's going to be a rough start for Michigan State. There are, there are definitely bright spots, but it's going to be a rough, rough start for you guys from what I saw. Yeah. Uh, we were missing, I think, like three or four uh, of our better arms, but we weren't missing, from what I can remember, very many of our catchers. So I don't know what happens with that, but... Uh, they do have a hard time finishing points just from what I've seen in practice. And that's with the team split in half, so the talent's diluted, but you would think you'd still have an even amount most of the time. Uh, it's just basic things that, you know, somebody throws it alone and gets a catch, or somebody does this or that. and uh, I think they can come around. Uh, I would be... Uh, I would... Not to sound, you know, biased or anything, or not biased against my own team, but I would be, I would put them fourth by a distant margin right now, just from what I've heard of the other schools and what I've seen of Michigan State and Michigan. So, so like fourth in the nation. Fourth, fourth in Michigan. Oh, okay. So I mean, I, I mean, Spencer would say it's fourth in Michigan because he thinks Michigan teams are the four best teams, but. Uh, well, we're not talking, Spencer. <laughs> I would say I would say 
easy Grand Valley, easy Saginaw Valley, easy Central, easy Michigan State, and then Siena and Davenport, if they have teams, would be fifth and sixth, respectively. But Well, um, McCarthy just got approved, so they should be starting up sometime soon at Siena. Yep, but and you, I always wait for a team to actually play a match before I... And then, no offense, McCarthy, we've just had so many teams that say, oh, we're going to play, we're going to play, we're going to play, and then they flame out, so... Uh, but yeah, I'm sure it'll take no offense taken. Yeah. So, back to Michigan State. Disappointing weekend. They can hopefully bounce back. They just gotta get better quick because they have their tournament in November. So. Well, they've got the time to do it, and honestly, this is the time of year to look like crap because this is the best time of year to figure out what's wrong and then have time to fix it before when it really all counts in nationals. Right. And I got to tell Mike, like even if they. You know, before before the weekend, I didn't think they would go 0-4. I, I thought they'd go like one and three or two and two, uh, at worst. But uh, bringing mostly rookies, that means that they'll at least have like practiced and like have experience playing in matches, as opposed to when you get to like MD Michigan National Cup or Nationals. If you were to be like, oh shoot, we're missing four guys, we got to bring four people that have never played in a match before on the team, and they're jaw shock right off the bat. So. Yeah. Same thing with Kentucky in that situation. Yeah, so I guess um, overall for the weekend we can say Kent State uh, definitely solidified themselves as the real deal. Um, yep. Side note for next year, seeing as I saw this now, I don't know what's going to happen because I heard like half the team's graduating this year. Um, but, yeah, that'll happen later on. But Saginaw Valley, definitely no fall off there. If, if anything, they only got better. Uh, Central, to be determined. Kentucky, also to be determined. And Michigan State, y'all got work to do. Yeah, I, w- I would agree 100% with that. Um, if I had to give letter grade to be like Kent State, A, Saginaw Valley, A-, Central, like a B, Kentucky, and I, Michigan State, like a D. Maybe a C-. Uh, uh, sir, B's a stretch with Michigan State. That was a C or no, a D No, B was Central. Oh, okay, okay. I heard it. with Michigan State D, like Ah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Now now we're logistically here. Yeah. Alright, so let's move on to the summit or not the summit, the Beltway Bash, which is hosted at your school this past weekend. It's uh it was Towson. It was James Madison, Maryland and VCU. Um Jamie went three and oh. Towson went two and one, Maryland went one two and one, which means they had an overtime loss for all those people that are just kind of looking at the standings for the first time in four years, and uh, um, VCU went zero and three. So, what school do you want to start off with on this one? Uh, well, first off, as a side note, for those who thought they were coming down, um, unfortunately, Penn State, who was supposed to be coming to this tournament, uh, something happened with their sports club office. I don't know what happened, but they weren't allowed to come down anymore. Uh, definitely bummed about that, but hopefully we'll see those guys later in the year. Um, I guess we'll start from the bottom and work our way up. Uh, I'll start with VCU. Um, and I'll say right now, compared to last year, they are definitely... Way better with strategy, but their talent is still really, really lacking. Um, you know, we played them in the first game of the day, and I'm really happy that we did because the practice that we had the Thursday before the tournament, 
I mean, our B team was wrecking us, and that's embarrassing to admit in the first place. But you know, I'll be honest, our new guys, and we have about like 10 or 12 of them, they just, it seemed like we couldn't get the message across them, or they just couldn't take it seriously from us that, you know, dodgeball, especially at our, our like, the way we play, is the real deal. And, you know, when we say it's mayhem, it's chaos, but it's like an organized chaos, you know, they, they just really didn't seem to get the message. So I was like, all right, you guys definitely need a wake-up call. Um, and thankfully, VCU was uh, that for us because, you know, and Shadid, I'm going to say this now, first off, I read your profile picture, dude. We didn't take you out because you made eight catches. We took you out because you were able to be taken out. So don't even start thinking that you can pump yourself up like that, bro. I'm calling you out with that. That's right. You want me to be honest we with you? Along. We played VCU. You, I, I'm going to be honest. We played like crap against VCU. And we still won 5-1. to one. I, I'm a little bit upset that, you know, Shadid's pumping himself up like that. I understand you got to while your team's going over. But, dude, focus on the team before yourself. Um... Yeah, we like honestly that we we seriously we played like crap, and our guy like our new guys they just they needed the wake up call, and you know when they did uh, it showed later in the day when we were playing teams like JMU and Maryland, um, you know we were definitely we were more organized and they understood holy crap you know if we don't do something especially after they saw, they saw John who's gonna hate me for saying this but you know they saw him get face shotted and. It was not a softball that faced out. It might have been like Hassett or Gromer or someone who caught him in the face, but it was it was a good hit. Um, and the, all of them were just like, oh, man. <laughs> like, this is no joke. <clears throat> One of our guys came up to me, um, I think after our VCU game, or JMU, I don't remember which, but he's like, this is like a level of amped I've never felt before. And I was like, I, I tried to warn you guys. Um... But back to VCU. Yeah. Um, definitely better with the strategy. Talent's there. Um, they know their strength right now is in their catching. So, you know, they're sort of playing, uh, we're going to kind of make you throw at us sort of game, where even if they're up on your front line or on their baseline, you can play into their strategy based on... Um, you know, they, they just want you to throw at them. They'll throw, like, one ball, and they'll say, like, okay, you know, we'll throw at you. We know that's not our strength right now, so we'll throw at you and bring it on. And immediately, they were really they were pretty good at catching. Uh, we played into their hands the first game. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch any of their other games, so I'm not sure how those went. Um, I only saw the scores. But definitely good with strategy, but they need to pick up some talent along the way. That this brings back to my point I said earlier about gonna have twenty catches, twenty throwers, or to have twenty throwers. Because say you have twenty good catchers, a good catcher expected catch. What would you say, like fifty-five to sixty percent of the balls thrown at him? Yeah, if that. Yeah, that's like a top level, really good catcher. So if you had twenty, that that means that like half the time your team's gonna. Eliminated, which means, yeah, every other time you get somebody brought back in, but you're not going to have 20 people that are perfect, you know, like that. So they need to figure out something other than just trying to catch it. That's what they're doing. I've admittedly only seen them play on YouTube. I've never actually seen them in person because they have never come west at all. But uh, mm -hmm. they got to, you know, 
or maybe like break things up. If they don't have the arms to throw them down, counter or run people down or just break out, play fast real quick, and then slow down and switch things up. You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like you can't just expect to have your team sit on the baseline and just try to catch solo balls by you know people that are throwing 68, 70 miles per hour. It's just not going to happen. It's enough to benefit your whole team to get a point. Or more than one point. And VCU's definitely a team that needs to work on, you know, I'm not even just getting a win, but getting a close loss first, just to get what it feels like to feel like you were in that game. And this isn't a knock on them. This isn't a knock on anybody. This is just, you know, try to get a good try to get a win, maybe play like another a lower level team and try to get a win or at least cut it close to the point where you're not to the fact where you have to play super fast all the time or anything and just play an actual normal match against somebody. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I, I'm not sure how much they'll be able to do it this year. Maybe they might get a chance to do it at Nationals. Um, but I'd like to see them go up against a team like Miami of Ohio, who isn't always um, like a top-tier team. No offense to them. You know, it's just how it is. Uh, maybe a team like Bowling Green, who I believe for the last couple of years hasn't been as good as I guess they could be. Um, but someone that's a little bit closer to their level, because you know, if I want to be honest, I believe my team's a top ten team. I we I know we got voted in as number twelve in the preseason ranking. Um, I'm a little upset about that, but that's all I'll say about that. Um, I believe we're a top ten team, and I know a lot of schools really haven't gotten a chance to see Maryland. Uh, so I'm going to put it out there and say that I actually think they're more talented this year than they have been the past two years. Um, they definitely lost the guys who can like just intimidate you off the line, but overall, I think they're a much better team this year. Uh, I think Dylan Allred's doing a good job stepping up into the leadership position down there, um, so they're definitely progressing. But yeah, and it's nothing wrong with VCU. It's just we're the only teams they played last year. We know them, so frankly, we know how to beat them. Uh, so I want to see them play a team that they've never played before who's a little bit closer to the level and see what happens there. Yeah. Um, this is kind of reminiscent of Eastern Michigan to me. Uh, they were a team that was not, no offense to Eastern Michigan, I don't know if there's anybody that would listen to this that was on the team, but they weren't the most athletic team in the league. They didn't really have very many throwers or catchers or people that could move up and down. They basically were just kind of there, and we would smoke them. Central would smoke them. Saginaw would smoke them. Grand Valley would smoke them. Uh, and we were the only teams that ever played. Sometimes they got like sometimes they would come to our tournament and they would play like DePaul or Kent State, and that would be kind of like more of a, you know, this is when Kent State was bad, admittedly by their standards, and Kent State would still beat them, but it would be a little closer. Or DePaul, you know, DePaul is kind of just play around, have fun would still beat them, but it'd be it'd be close. So I think VCU needs that opportunity to play, you know, maybe they're not going to get that win right off the bat, but just somebody that's around their level right now. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, like, to the rest of their team, guys, if, if any of you listen to this besides Shadid, because I know Shadid definitely listens to these, I'm not trying to knock you guys. I'm really not, um, because I know two years ago we were in the same exact position you guys were. Uh, where we just got knocked around left and right. Um, so they're definitely going to get better over time, but they just... 
it's hard only being able to play teams that know you well enough that we know how to beat you. Right. Because if all we did was play Maryland and JMU all the time, and I'll even throw Kent State in there because we play them, I guess, fairly regularly, um, it would just it'd be hard for us to beat them. And really hard to beat them. Welcome to Michigan. That's what it's been like forever in Michigan. So everybody knows yeah. what everybody does. Everybody knows what everybody can do on the court. So it turns into who actually executes. And eventually, you know, somebody messes up. But and I'm not trying to knock on VCU either. It's just kind of like not every team can be like JMU where they just come in the league and just kick butt right off the bat. Uh, this is VCU's second year. It's kind of growing pains. Like you have to expect them to take a little bit of time to get to that, you know, next level. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good thing that they have teams like us to beat up on them. Um, especially teams like JMU. I'm not gonna throw us up on their level. They're on a whole other level from us. Um, but them being the closest to JMU, they could probably play down the most consistently. And, frankly, the reason that we got better really, really fast is because, A, we really hated JMU our first year in. Um, B, JMU beat up on us, and we said, okay, we're sick of this happening. You know, we need to make sure we get better so this doesn't happen anymore. So if they were only playing teams that were, like, lesser competition with, um, than them, and I believe there are some teams in this league that can be considered lesser competition than them. Other teams in the league haven't seen VCU, so they don't know that for a fact. So I'm going to let you all, like, withhold your judgment on that. Um but, you know, if they're only playing teams, I guess, lower than them, they'd never get better. Right. It's, yeah, you know, it's like NCAA yeah. football. If if you don't play an SEC school, how do you expect to get better if you're all you're doing is playing, like, Sun Belt teams? Or, like, Gonzaga, they just played crap, and then they went to the NCAA tournament, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're playing a 16 seed, and we almost lose, and then we go to the next round and lose, so... Eventually, you have to you have to play those better teams to get better. You can't just play at your level, or else you're never going to grow. So, but they, yeah. eventually, I mean, they just, you have to play those teams at your level or behind you, so that you can prove that you have gotten better to yourself. But. Yeah, and that's I, I mean honestly, again, that's what happened for us last year. VCU was our first ever win in program history, and at that point, all we've been doing at, uh, to them was just playing teams that just beat up on us. And we played VCU, and we won. And, you know, all of our new guys, um, they didn't really know why the older guys were getting a little bit more excited, but all the old guys were saying, you know, okay, we can really do this. So hopefully um, sometime we're trying to add more East Coast schools over here. Um, she did mention something about seeing if uh, University of Richmond might have a club. You know, both schools are in Richmond. Uh, hopefully that will happen. And since Richmond will be a new team, I can pretty much guarantee – They'll be on the lower end than VCU is, so you know maybe that works out for them that they find Richmond to beat up on. Hmm. Suck for Richmond, but who cares? <laughs> Sacrificial lamb. Let's move on to Maryland now. <laughs> they went one, they went one, two, and one. Uh, they did lose in overtime to you guys. They beat VCU and they also lost to James Madison. Uh, I admittedly have only seen them on YouTube as well, just like I've only seen VCU on YouTube because Maryland won't travel west because of school reasons. Um, do they? So you said they look better than they did the previous two years, right? Yeah. Um, the first thing I'll say is I, I haven't talked to him about it, so I don't know if he'll confirm it, but I definitely think uh, Dylan Allred, who's their captain, uh, learned a lot from coming to Kent State over the summer with me and John. Um, 
not necessarily so much about strategy wise because what we're all playing up there is a like thirty on thirty. Yeah. But I think just in terms of all around play, um, he learned a whole lot and it definitely translated to his team. Um yeah, they lost their one big gun. And for those of you who knew who it was, it was number eight, Alex. Uh, we've been calling him Gristlebeck, which I definitely think is more appropriate than his actual last name of Gisselbeck. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he was their guy who I mentioned earlier that just off the line because he's big, looks like he should be a bouncer at a Russian mafia club. Um, and just he, has a, he had a cannon for an arm. Uh, he graduated. Um, so, you know, they lost him. And then I believe they lost someone else who was a part of their club who's actually now playing for Maryland's football team. Um, he has a walk on there, so they lost that. Probably the new quarterback. <clears throat> no, CJ Brown's still there. I don't know why, but CJ Brown is still there. They're back in the top twenty-five, but not for long. <laughs> as much as I love Maryland athletics, um, but yeah, you know, overall they definitely look better. Um, if anyone gets the chance to play them this year, uh, number eighty-eight for them. I don't remember his first name. I think it's Tyler. Uh, his last name, I believe, is Wyland or Violent, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, Really small, wiry-looking kid who doesn't look like he'd have an arm, but that dude has a cannon. Um, not necessarily top tier in the league, but for what you'd expect, he will surprise people. Um, he will say about me, too. Yeah, 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 Mr. 40-mile-an-hour throw. <laughs> um, but, no, they definitely um, they had a lot more catching this year, which was something they've been lacking in the past. Um, they have more overall arms, and I'm going to bring this up now because it frustrates me. And I don't feel like waiting any longer. <laughs> their, their strategy is better, but I freaking hate it. Almost to the point where I feel like getting bleeped out in this podcast and cursing about it because it was annoying the hell out of me. Uh, like, they just... Um, the first two games, it worked really well where they went, like, Michigan-style on us, where they get ball control, walk up to the line, do one or two throws max, and then take out our guys and pick us off. And admittedly, in our game against them, we were definitely sleepwalking through the first half. And even my dad, who, no offense to my dad, if you've never played dodgeball and you've only watched, it's a little bit harder to understand than playing, especially in our league. But I went up to it at halftime, and he just gives me this look of, like, what are you guys doing? Like, you were not playing like this earlier. And in the second half, we finally woke up, and even though they were still doing the same thing to us, you know, they had, like, seven or eight balls. We only had three to two we still took them out. So, you know, we made our halftime adjustments, and it was just frustrating me that they were trying to play stall ball, and instead of going for the win, they were trying... It almost seemed like they were playing not to lose, which was driving me insane. So at the last half of the second half, me, who normally tries to play the role, especially when my elbow was a shot as it currently is, um, I got way the heck pissed off grabbed a bunch of balls, and said, all right, screw it. I'm taking this game over because I'm trying to make something happen. I don't care if I make their entire team pissed at me and team throw all seven of their balls at me. I don't care. I want something to happen. I started picking people off, and they finally started trying to get me out, which for a while they couldn't do. Um, but it was definitely frustrating to me. Second half, all they were doing was playing typical, or at least what I've heard is typical Michigan ball, um, playing stall ball, and then... We had over five and a half minutes left in the second half. Scores tied 2-2. That is plenty of time to make something happen. Plenty of time. And they went, nope, we're going to play stall ball. 
and we're just going to try to run out the clock. And if we happen to beat you in the process, woo. But I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll go to overtime. And from a player's perspective, I enjoyed that because we took him out in overtime. As a general, I just want to play this game and have a fun time doing it and beat you guys in the process. I freaking hated it because we took him out in overtime. They had no momentum. They were playing like garbage. I don't care how much I'm throwing them under the bus right now. It was terrible. It was boring, and it was terrible. If their entire team gets pissed off at me and throws at me the next time we play them, fine. I don't care. Stop playing that garbage Bush League style. I'm calling it Bush League. Because, frankly, when Joe Tobin takes out five of your players in overtime, go home. He's a great player, but it's six on six. Y'all should not be getting wrecked by one guy. Would it be embarrassing if I said Kevin Bailey took out six of eight people when we played them in overtime? No, because that's Kevin Bailey. <laughs> oh, so you're throwing Tobin on the bus then. No, I love Joe Tobin, but <laughs> Kevin Bailey can throw and catch. Tobin, I mean, he can catch a little bit, but he's not a catcher yeah. by any stretch of the mind. So when you have Kevin Bailey, who's more of an all-around player than Tobin is, Tobin is definitely a gun. Like, he's a gun and only gun. Granted, he has great dodging ability that most people don't give him enough credit for because all the credit goes to his arm, deservedly so. But Kevin Bailey's an all-around player. It's like Zach Ross from UK. Tobin is a great player, but Zach Ross is a freaking amazing player because he can do both ends. All right, so with the stop ball thing in Michigan... A lot of people just assume that Michigan style plays stall ball, and it is, but isn't at the same time. It's a little slower than most teams play, especially like the East Coast teams. But when the out-of-state teams try to do the Michigan style play, they exaggerate it to the point where I would call that stall ball. The Michigan style isn't so much stalling as it's just deliberate, slow-paced execution. Just doing what you're doing. It's more of a... Um, how can I word this? It's more of like a... Um, not really like a Bo Ryan-type basketball offense where you're driving it slow, waiting all the way down. But it's more of like somewhere in between that and like a Izzo offense where it's not... Where Izzo still is going to move it up and down. But it's somewhere in between that Big Ten wise, where it's like maybe like a Thad Mata offense, where you're scoring a lot still, but enough, not enough to the point where like you, your defense starts to fall behind. So it's more of just a defensive oriented. I know this is sounding like rambling right now, but Michigan play is not so much stalling as it is just deliberate defensive oriented while attacking play. Uh, when you see other schools try to do that, it turns into, like when James Madison played Grand Valley Nationals, I would call that stall ball, that for the first day where they just straight up would throw one ball and get the ball back and stay at the line. What Maryland was doing sounds like stall ball to me. If Saginaw or Michigan State or Central or Grand Valley did any of that stuff, it would be more of a, sure, they would try to get a lot of balls, but they would still try to push and get those kills because they know that they need to get points to win. As far as the overtime thing, five and a half minutes is definitely way too much time to leave on the clock. I wouldn't go out there and just 
go crazy trying to get that kill, get the point. If it's like two minutes, fine. You can you can just throw for two minutes. It's fine because you're not going to do anything two minutes. But five half minutes, you still you can still do a lot. So yeah, and there were definitely some of our guys that were sitting uh, on our baseline because again they had ball control. And I swear I heard someone going out like, "Okay, can we play?" Like we're just standing here. You know, first off, yeah, it's a home event. We don't want our families, especially because one of my brothers showed up, and I love when my family comes to stuff. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to be sitting there having them watch literally us just stand there, because that's not what dodgeball is. And first off, side note, I hope we got this on video. To Dylan, dude, if I am standing in no man's land, which I was at some point. And first off, your team doesn't take me out. You saw me play over the summer, and you've seen me play for the last two years. First off, guard your feet. I toe-tap the heck out of you. And you should not let that happen. Like, your guys should be taking me out. Any of my players out. But you guys didn't do it because you wanted to play stall ball. That's honestly why I'm frustrated about this. Because if y'all were, like, if we were doing that to you, but I saw one of your guys standing in no man's land... I'd tell Tobin, I'd tell our the hardest thrower on the team, uh, Dylan Levy, who we finally have a dude who can throw in the 70s now. Holy crap. Um, I'd tell him, take a ball and take him out. I don't care that we're trying to milk the clock. Take him out. All right, so let's move on. <laughs> enough, enough hating on Maryland. They're a Big Ten school. I'm not going to let it actually – they're still ACC. So oh, ACC it. for like what, seven more months, eight more months, something like that. Like June first yeah, or something random. Yeah, and then they betray me and go to the Big Ten. Yeah, and then they get destroyed year after year. And the Big Ten East Conference or Division, whatever, we're gonna smoke them. Whatever. Let's move on. All right, let's go to Towson now because they were two and one. Uh, how did you guys play? Um, as I said earlier, against VCU, uh, we definitely played like. We had half our team as new starters. Um, you know, we should, like, we started to get our, th um, our game together at the end of that. Um, one of the things that it took, like, it took the guys a little bit to learn, the new guys, and even some of our old guys, because they definitely thought that we could walk over VCU. Emily, I thought we could walk over VCU. Uh, not so much the case anymore. Because, um, as I said, they have improved. But, you know, we came out, uh, we definitely played rough. Um, which wasn't to my surprise. We started to get better. Uh, I think we ended up winning like 5-1 to one in that match. It could have been more. It should have been more uh, with the talent that we have now. Um, we played JMU. I found out later, which crushes my heart every time they tell me this, um, that they were missing apparently seven starters, and they still took us out 4-1. to one. Um, Bright spot. You know, we went to halftime tied with them one to one because the first point they didn't demolish us, but you know they handled us. Uh, the second point, and we definitely we, like we showed fight that we've showed against um, JMU in the past. Um, I didn't really know what to think of that because I was just trying to play them. Uh, but Chris Hess told me after the match that you know from his point of view he saw a lot more organization on our part, which actually surprised the heck out of what I thought was our biggest issue. Um, wasn't necessarily like talent or skill wise. It was just organization. Um, but you know, he said he saw a lot more of that than he saw in the past, which is a good sign. Um, I already ranted about Maryland. I won't do it again. 
Um, just the quick version of that is we definitely played slow in the first half. Um, it was after lunch. I don't know if we were just on like a food coma or something. Uh, but we came out in the second half. Uh, we came back. We won. Uh, we took it in overtime. And John Shaw, our fearless leader, I'm going to say this heavily sarcastically because he, frankly, in my mind, shouldn't have been playing, uh, was playing on a grade two ankle sprain that he started the day with. It's not like he got it in the middle of the day. Um, played on that. Played really, really well. Um, I'm going to go throw out some of our guys right now. Uh, throw out two of our rookies. Uh, Chris Thomas, who's a I guess a JUCO transfer or community college transfer, whatever you want to call him. He's a junior. Um, he played out of his mind for his first ever match in the NCDA. And then uh, one of our guys who is definitely a solid blocker now, Sam Willisley. Will Willisley, I still haven't figured out how to pronounce his last name, however many times he's told me. Um, you know, he's, he definitely knows his role of being a blocker, but he made some really nice catches. Uh, so I hope we can develop him in that area. He definitely played really well. Um, and now we have John and Joe, who people know um, are our top throwers, um, but our top speed guy now is uh, number 15, Dylan Levy, who got his max speed clocked at 72. Um, he's got to learn to get his throws a little bit lower, but we definitely had some bright spots. Um, I'm glad we played this tournament now because it was a big wake-up call for our new guys. So we started rough, got better, but we still have a ways to go. Um, just from what I saw of you guys at Nationals, uh, organization was something that you guys definitely needed to do, get. And if Chris says that you guys are getting better organizational-wise and that's the first tournament of the season, it's a really good sign, uh, especially because you'll pro probably play, like, what, 10, 11 more regular season games before you go to Nationals at least, right? Uh, at the very least, yeah. I hope we can get to more. So uh, you're looking at a good, solid, good, solid season. Um I definitely think you're definitely either 10th or 11th, maybe, maybe 9th in that, that general range. Um, so I think it's a good season is going to happen. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to really add on to that. I haven't been see it, so. Yeah, um, well, as I, I can't. I rant about, like, the last two teams. <laughs> no, um. Well, as I can't, John asked me, because we played them at Nationals, um, and he definitely wants revenge, how we um, how we could take out Central. Um, and I texted him back, because he knows I'm just a very blunt and real person about my team. Um, Wes heard me say this while I was at dinner with those guys um, up there. You know, right now, we're, just, we're not ready to take them out. Um, we're going to be there. This is by far the most talented team we've ever had. Um, if anyone talks to Maryland, they should be able to attest to that. Uh, I can't say VCU can attest to that because this is their second year in the league, but um, you know, I know the JMU guys, to be honest. They're, they will definitely attest to that. We are the most talented we've ever been. It's just really, really raw right now. Yeah, it happens. Um, just got to get that ready for, uh, for Nationals. I mean... Or at least the beasts. I guess the beasts and nationals are probably the two big turns left on your guys' docket. So, yeah. yeah. Just, uh, going. Unfortunately, it looks like for the rest of the fall semester, we'll just be playing the East Coast schools. Um, thanks, Grand Valley. The tournament kind of threw away Kent State from us. We wanted to play them. Um, well, granted, we also wanted to go to Grand Valley's tournament, but we don't have the funding for that. Um, sorry, guys. 
But now, right now, it looks like for the rest of the uh, the semester, we'll be playing East Coast schools. Um, a little bit frustrating, just because I like playing new teams. Um, but you know, that might help us out in some cases. I'm not really sure. We'll see how that goes. Um, spring semester, I'm definitely going to ask the JMU guys. Um, obviously, they'll make the best schedule they can. But whoever comes to Beast, I'm going to ask them to try to give us, if they can, as many non-East Coast schools as we can get because that's all we'll have played last semester or this semester. And we definitely need to see how we stack up against some other teams. So Beast is definitely going to be a real gauge of where we are. Yeah. All right, so we can move to James Madison, unless you want to stay in Tyler's a little bit longer. No, we can go to JMU. I think I've ranted as much as I want to rant. <laughs> So I'll go with James Madison. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are kind of on Facebook and Twitter have said that they think JMU is a dark horse this year. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it's idiotic, at least in my opinion. You say that, whatever. But I think JMU is clearly number two. Just like I think Grand Valley is clearly number one. Just from what I've seen, what they've brought back, just looking at their roster on their website that they've changed for like the third or fourth time in Three years, but <laughs> they got a. They are easily the most athletic team, yeah. and they are so confident in their abilities. I think I wrote this in the article I wrote for your tournament. They're so confident in their ability, borderline arrogant, but it doesn't matter that they know they can go out there and they know they can hang with anybody, and they're not going to be scared with going up against Grand Valley. They've already beat Grand Valley. They're not going to be scared going up against Kent State. They're not going to be scared going up against anybody. Like, they can go on the court and beat anybody. And not just beat them, but beat them bad. So, right. yeah. yeah. I don't have anything to add on the fact that I think they're going to be really good this year. But um, I know Kent State's going to have something to say about that statement uh, just because Jamie's never beaten Kent. Um, I can't say right now, in all honesty from what I saw, only from what I saw, that they're better than Kent. But I'm throwing in, like, the little asterisk or little footnote that JMU didn't have seven other starters. Um, and, you know, missing one or two of your starters, you can make up for that. But seven of your starters, I fully believe if they had brought those guys that they would have not just beaten every team but wiped the floor with us. Because if they're missing seven starters and they're beating us four to one, and we've been getting closer and closer to them every year. Um, I believe at some point, with how they're looking now, maybe not this year, but at some point before I graduate, we will take a match from them. But if they bring those seven guys, depending on who they are, why are you calling them a dark horse? A number two team in the nation can't be a dark horse. That's, that's almost oxymoronical. Unless Grand Valley is such a favorite by Ariel's opinion that anybody winning would be a dark horse. But I'm not willing to go that far. But uh, I do think Grand Valley is easily number one. But JMU just like, they have those moments where they look unbeatable. Like that game against Grand Valley last year, first day nationals, where they just, that second half, yeah, they didn't, they didn't do anything. But the fact that they were able to hold Grand Valley on Grand Valley's own baseline for, like, 20 minutes is ridiculous. Like, I've never seen a, seen a team, and this is now six years now being with NCDA, 
mm-hmm. whole Grand Valley like that. Like, and Grand Valley won the championship. It wasn't like Grand Valley's had a down year or nothing. It's like JMU is just that point right there. Said, "Wow, this team is stacked." And every time we played them, it was just, you know, we would play kind of bad, but they would clearly play better than us. And every time I see them play, like basically anybody, it's just the, the same way. I mean, they've never beat Kent, but I mean, Kent had never beaten us, and JMU had always beaten us. So it's not like you can't ever get over that hurdle of never beating a team. So I think JMU, when they get that full 20-man roster, is going to... I don't know when they're going to get a chance to play Kentucky, or if they'll get a chance to play Kent State, or Saginaw, or Ohio State, or whatever. But I think they'll pretty easily be maybe like 19-2, and 17-3, something like that, going into Nationals, and then probably get to the championship game. I know that's kind of a early just throwing that out there, but I would not be shocked if that happened. I think much like us, um, where we'll say the Beast is our real test, um, I'm not going to say the Beast will be a test for JMU because, frankly, right now, unless they're playing Grand Valley or Kent, it looks like they're just going to pass every test with flying colors. Um, but if they are incapable of bringing the full 20 for whatever reason until the Beast, um, then I'll say the Beast is definitely going to paint the real picture of what JMU is because they'll be playing at home, and frankly, unless someone's like sick with like a stomach virus or something or you know they broke a bone in their body, you know they won't have an excuse for missing any players. Yeah. Um, so depending on who they schedule... Um, they seem to be scheduling more and more competition for that tournament every year. So they seem to want you know the big teams to come in, especially with Saginaw coming down last year. Um, you know if they can have their full twenty guys there and play legit squads um, right now, like Kentucky, like Saginaw, if they can come back down again, um, or definitely if they can play Kent. Um, you know we'll we'll see what the what the full picture is because right now, obviously we have to see how the brackets shake out. But I'm putting Grand Valley in the championship game um, for obvious reasons. If JMU gets matched up on the same bracket as Kent does, I'm going to say I'm not sure because, like I said, Kent has never lost to JMU, and they looked really freaking good, and they don't have any rookies whatsoever. Um, And JMU, I'm sure, does. I haven't asked them, but I believe they do. Um, so if they get matched up on the safe side as Kent, I-, I might try to hedge my bets there a little bit. But if Kent's on the other side of the bracket, JMU is going to the finals. No questions asked. They, uh, um, I think the team that you're forgetting about is Kentucky. I'm still not willing to, you know, not include them in that top four conversation just because of how amazing they played last year and the fact that they do have such good arms and catchers and everything. They have that whole complete package that I would say that, you know, they're definitely top four as well. So, um, but I would say that Grand Valley and JMU are definitely that top, that top two in my opinion right now. But Do we know if JMU has played Kentucky's A-team? Like their full A-team? Maybe... Two years ago, the first year. Okay. But, um, they uh, they had that incident last year, and then. Um, well, that was with their B team. 
That was their B team, yeah. And uh, then they didn't play for the rest of the year, so. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah. But another, another tournament you have to remember is that Jamie will be going to Chicago again. Oh, yeah, and, you're right. Uh, Michigan State and Grand Valley, as well as DePaul, Moody, whatever. So yeah. if they – they will get a chance probably to play Grand Valley this year and probably in January in Chicago. And while Grand Valley never has their best lineup in Chicago – you can't imagine James Madison's going to have their best lineup considering they have to travel a day and a half to get here. So, Yeah. Now, um, to your point, though, if Kentucky does play their full A squad against uh, uh, JMU, and you're definitely right, uh, I left them out undeservedly so. Um, that's going to be another one of those, I guess, since I've never, no one's seen them match up against each other, uh, to our knowledge. I, I should throw that in as a we don't know what will happen there sort of thing. Yeah, that could be a definitely like total to toe slugfest. Just hit each other as hard as you can, back up, hit each other as hard as you can. But, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, for people who haven't seen JMU play, heads up. Uh, do not throw to 15. I believe his name is Joey Cardella by yourself. He'll catch you. He's a really good catcher. Our guys found that out the hard way. Don't throw at him alone. To me, JMU is kind of like, this is going to sound weird, but the anti-VCU in that they, JMU is pure athleticism, and VCU is, you know, but VCU sounds like they have a lot of strategy down, right? Yeah. And James James Madison, while they have strategy at times, a lot of times they have kind of just like a free flow, odd attack especially against the weaker teams. So I want to see them have like more of a structured game plan going forward because there's times last year where they would just – I would watch them play Grand Valley and their strategy is basically, okay, get the rebound, and then – actually, I'll get the rebound. That works. And then they can switch sides, and they couldn't get the rebound, and they didn't, they didn't know what to do. So I don't know. Um, they do have a little bit more strategy than people uh, think they do, at least from what we saw. Um, they're a really good countering team. Uh, up until recently, I always thought we were a little bit better at the countering game than they were. Um, but Saturday, they definitely took us out a lot with that. They would uh, they would wait for our guys on the far side of the court to throw from them, and then just because of their athleticism, uh, they were quick enough where they wouldn't have to throw at us in response because you know from the other side of the court. You can get them out, but it's not as accurate as a throw as a more close-up throw, uh, where they would run us down. Like the, you could see them creeping up and looking for us to throw, um, and then they would run us down and take us out. Um, I know, especially because I upset them at one point. Uh, Andrew Hassett definitely did that to me, uh, and I don't apologize for upsetting him. So yeah, but, he may uh, be upset. He may be upset with me, but I'm not his biggest fan. <laughs> I uh, think a lot of people have been saying that. Excuse me. That counter, the counter attack would be their best option, because um, they do have the talent to just go up to the line. They do have the best. They do have a lot of offensive weapons, but their offensive weapons are also athletic and fast. That why mm-hmm. risk getting caught when you can just charge kill down and gun them down in transition? It's the best, easiest way to get kills, in my opinion. So that's good if they're going to do that. Um, 
So looking forward, uh, we have a few matches this month. Uh, we're not going to go into them at all because we don't know who's going where. We just know that Ohio State is hosting something. Uh, James Madison is hosting something. West Kentucky might be St. Ambrose, supposedly hosting their first tournament. That's pretty sweet. Uh, other than that, maybe like a Moody DePaul thing. But uh, any closing things you want to talk about? Um, first off, I just realized I probably should not have said something about Andrew. He'll be coming from my head the next time we play if he listens to this. Yeah. Um, so Ben, Chris, uh, Brent, if you listen to this at all, please don't let him listen to this. I, I like my head intact, um, as banged up as it already is. Um, but uh, closing thoughts. Um, Kent State's legit this year. People shouldn't even underestimate him at all. Uh, Jamie's going to be the real deal. And I hope at some point Maryland and VCU get to play some teams outside the East Coast um, because, you know, I want them to play new faces. And I think Maryland will definitely be able to put on a good show against some teams um, closer to what our level currently is. Uh, you know, maybe they play like Western, who's a step above us. They won't beat them, but they'll put on a good show. And I'd like to see VCU just play some teams away from us because I know they want to play some teams not on the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. I hope I really get the chance to play other teams. Uh, a lot of a lot of matches in the season. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot of uh, um, a lot to say other than that what we've talked about. So this is what happens when you don't go to tournaments anymore, bud. I know. I had to work. I'm gonna try to go to this Grand Valley thing this month. Oh yeah, Grand Valley starts a tournament. In case you didn't know, I forgot to mention that. And I think State's going to Saginaw or something, so I might go to that. But I, I think it's something about Central going to Saginaw. Um, um, that might happen. I don't know. I'm not not involved with the scheduling stuff at all. So, um, yeah. So good good start of the season for mostly all the teams. Hopefully they can keep it up or get better. Um, and uh, we'll see you soon for. Yeah. For Sean Smith, my name is Sam Hiller, signing off on Average Joe's Podcast number 33. We'll come back at you in a couple weeks. Have a good night.